we come home to Jacksonville, right? We fly in, our car's parked in the parking area, whatever. And we go to like get our car and we literally had no money to pay the, par the parking. Welcome back to the Trap Says Podcast. We're your hosts, Kim and Aaron. And this is the podcast where we talk about all things the lifestyle of a healthcare traveler. First things first, where do you want to go? Because I almost jumped right into it. I know. I like don't even know where to begin. But, okay, I'll start with this. So... We're this week or like this podcast right now. What we're going to talk about is the fact that today officially marks the day. So we're recording this on September 12th, which is Tuesday. September 12th. Or wait, what's the date? Today's the 6th. <laughs> September 6th. And this is officially the first day that Aaron started his very first contract 10 years ago. So yep. it's officially the anniversary. Yeah, I was literally, what is it? It's four, so I was still in my first day. Wow. Like about to wrap up my first day as a healthcare traveler 10 years ago today. And it was like the first day you had gone off to work. Like I was home, we were in Atlanta, and I'm like, how is it? How's it going? What's it like? Like we just had no idea at all what we are getting into. You were going, you know, from Baptist Beaches, which is like this sweet little beach hospital where like you were the, the you know, king dingling. Yeah, like the celebrity top dog. Everybody loved you there. Like it was such a community based hospital to like the beast of Anne-Marie. Well, the doctors loved me. Like we got along really well. Yeah, you yeah. were the golden child. I mean, it was nice. And so you were like <laughs> in this big hospital. And, and so, yeah, it was just such a big day. And Again, at the time, we had no idea what to expect, but we just realized that today was that day, and this was actually the first day, or today was supposed to be your first day at this new contract. As of last, as of last Friday at 3 p.m., I was starting today. So we're like, how ironic is that that I'm yeah. starting this contract ten years in a you know after ten years on the same day? Yeah. So, but his, you, you're, you know, your contract got pushed back, uh, which we can talk about a little bit, but it was, it was, yeah, it was like one of the mo the, those moments where we're like, wow, it's, it's really been 10 years. And so we started reflecting on everything. And so we thought we would do something fun on this episode. So moving forward, we really want to bring more of the community into the podcast. Mm -hmm. So we want to do fun interviews with other travelers where we really get under, like the hood of their story of like, how did they get into traveling? Like what made them want to jump into it? Why did they get into it? What, like, when did they decide to pull the trigger? Like the what biggest- What excited them? What were their fears getting into it? What have they seen since they've been traveling? How has traveling changed their life? Like all those things. All of those like fun questions, like just hearing people's stories and, and you know, and how traveling has done all the things or hasn't done all the things, you know? Right. Um, and so we sat down and we were kind of writing out some questions of every interview will be different depending on who we're talking to, right? And like the twist that will go down with them, like when it, like specifically for their story or like what we want to highlight or focus on. But there will be some questions that no matter what, we want to like dig into and kind of like, so we can really get a sense of those beginning stages of when you were first entering into this whole world and what that was like. Totally. So, and, I, and I think, too, like, just getting back to it, you know, 
a lot of times Kim and I talk about this on the podcast that we do Gibson Soul Sunday every time we can. Sometimes it's Gibson Soul Saturday or Friday, depending if we're working or not. But we love listening to podcasts, and I noticed that pretty much every podcast that we will listen to on a Sunday that's inspirational and that we like is when people are telling their story, whether it be story of creating a business or a story of like their journey or their travels or whatever. Um, we're not like how-to kind of people. Um, and so this was really cool to bring in, you know, travelers to really tell these stories and be able to dive down these rabbit holes when they open up with something. Or So these questions are the template that we're starting with that we're testing out. Yeah, so... So basically, yeah, so it's not like, oh, we're always going to ask these yeah. questions, but it was kind of like the gist of like kind of the stuff we wanted to dig into on each conversation. So we thought today would be fun that we'll go down and ask each other or ask ourselves these questions that we want to start asking our guests and kind of almost take a walk down memory memory lane of our own travel story yeah. and adventure. 10 years ago, yeah. 10 years to ago. To the date. And I think too, like... Two things. Um, number one, I think this is Kim's dream because if you guys listened to us last week or la- yeah, last week, she just wanted me to interview her on all the podcasts. Um, <laughs> and then two, um, oh no, what was I going to say? Oh, if you've been listening a long time and you heard about the whole Kim and Aaron Unleashed that we were trying to do with the podcast, being about kind of like that happy hour vibe, and that's what I'm really looking forward to with these interviews is it's going to be if we're sitting around a dinner table having some drinks, like how, how would we ask these questions? Right. Yeah. It's not going to be like, so how'd you get into traveling? Oh God, no, 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 no. (laughs) Like that. Right. Yeah. I think that's not our vibe. It's, it's really like, okay, for instance, like we're going to TravCon this year and like in a couple of weeks. And so those types of conversations where you're sitting around, you're talking to other travelers, you're having a cocktail and you're like digging into like, like as travelers, where do we always start? Like, oh my gosh, how long have you started traveling? And you know, where's your favorite place or whatever, right? It kind of Worst question ever. I know, but it kind of bonds us, but it's fun. So anyways, that's the goal is for it to be fun, conversational and really dig into people's stories to share on the podcast to inspire other people to travel um or just showing different ways to go about things when it comes to traveling uh so anyways that that was kind of the the overall vibe and so we're going to get into answering these questions i will say that we did a whole episode on like our whole story of getting into traveling what like first four episodes a long time ago so you could always go back and listen to that too because that one will probably be more like in depth i think but um this one's just going to be like a q a you know we just did get a badge on our podcasting platform that said congrats on your two-year anniversary oh wow two years has it been two or three i don't know it's been a long time since we're in oroville yeah that sounds right right before we left for new zealand no, but anyway, all right. Okay, so, okay, so should we just get into it? Yeah. Um, I guess I said real quick, quick update. Um, Aaron's, like, we've been going through this whole thing with, like, his licensing, uh, getting his license for New York to get started, and it, it keeps getting pushed back. It keep, There's all these issues. We, we've shared basically, like, the whole story on our vlogs, um, on Instagram, on our reels there, so you can go back and watch those if you want at Kim and Aaron G. But 
basically it's just been like we've literally been sitting here in poughkeepsie for like it feels like almost a month it was august 22nd we got here that's insane. So we're coming up on three full weeks. So he was supposed to start today. It got pushed back to the 12th, uh, which is fine. I mean, it got pushed back a week. Unfortunately, that kind of thing happens sometimes. But then there was an email today that came back to say that if they didn't get, if the facility said, if we don't get proof of purchase, what so did basi- they So basically, like I was told the whole time that New York works off a two-step process and the first step is a temporary license and then I have 30 days to apply for like the permanent. Um, and so they said that they would allow me to work in this facility under a temporary license. So everything was good to go. I just so happened to kind of rush everything along and I sent my stuff to the department, the licensing department and got it processed through so I could get my permanent license faster than most people do. Just because I got an angel on the phone who worked in the department and she was willing to help me which is unheard of in any other radiation licensing departments. Um, and so basically it came back today at noon that the facility said, oh yeah, everything we said on Friday like is true, but we actually need proof of receipt of payment for the permanent license. And luckily I haven't even received my packet from my company yet. I just went ahead and was proactive and send all that in or else we'd still be waiting. And so now- Long story short. <laughs> right, but I basically got it just now before we started recording this podcast. I got a hold of the licensing department. She sent me a proof of delivery and apparently now I'm just waiting on if the facility will accept it because it's been an HR issue from the hospital I'm going into. Which basically they, they were saying too that if they don't have that by tomorrow, his start date's going to be pushed back again. So it's which a, puts us in the middle of Travcon. Which we're, yeah, we're going to Travcon, so it'd be like a three-week pushback. And, I mean, again, like, as a traveler, when your day gets pushed back, so does your paycheck, you know? And it's like, we've been chilling, sitting here for, you know, a few weeks now, ready to go, and we've just been waiting for this license to come through. So, anyways, it's been a long saga, but I'm hoping that everything goes through today and that you actually get cleared. But until you receive that email with your first day uh, instructions, I'm going to hold my breath. Pretty much. Okay. That's where we're at. That's the update. Let's get into the questions. Let's do it. How do you want to do this? Okay. So, I guess I'll just... We'll go back and forth and then we can both, we'll go back and forth answering and then we can both kind of just like chime in. Okay. So the first question was, what was life like before you started traveling? And like, how long did you work at your job and like that kind of whole thing? So. So that's an excellent question, Kim. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Which, do you want to start or? I mean, I think like, did you want to start? Like in a nutshell, right? Because I think like you can. So you're gonna you're gonna wrap up our guess. Well, you don't. You're not. <laughs> you know, gonna, just in three no. in three sentences or less. Please give me. No, you're not gonna sit down and be like, well, so like we got married in 2010. Like we don't need your whole life story. It's like because we all have a whole life story of what it was like before we started traveling. So it's kind of like the consensus, the overall vibe of what things were like. Right? Yeah. No, totally. I think... Uh, we don't need an hour. Well, right. right. And it, Yeah. And I think it's funny because I know the answers and I know what your answers are. And so it's kind of interesting. But I'll just basically say, 
felt trapped in like a Groundhog's Day situation, was working, only had four days off a month, and literally were trying to make ends meet, um, living worse than paycheck to paycheck, uh, counting change out of my truck to make sure I had enough gas to get to work, which seemed crazy. I mean, we had a beautiful house. We kind of overextended ourselves in a, in a way. Um, but just felt like with both of us working full time and some great jobs to not being able to make ends meet to not having any time off to travel, to go do anything, um, just really wasn't the way to live. And I just remember not being sure of what that next step was or what that looked like or what that would be. I just remember having long talks outside and being like, what could we do? And we were talking about starting our own business or going back to school or me being a rep or a perfusionist or like just trying to figure out what that next step would be, uh, a PA. Um, and we just realized that all those things, the one thing in common with all of that, yeah, we would make better money. A lot of times we'd have more, you know, money going into student loans and things like that. But it all came down to the fact of like, we're still locked in a facility working a bunch of hours with no time off. Yeah, and I think too that was like the biggest things that we were realizing because we we were both working in our careers. I'm ultrasound, Aaron's IR for about five. I was five years. I was seven. Okay, and so we were working. We were working at Baptist Beaches, and uh, well, I had moved on to like Baptist South, but we were working like within the same kind of hospital system, and we had just gotten married. And we like bought a house, right? Like that was kind of like where life was taking us at that point. And, and so it was just, we felt like you said, like we were kind of like in this grind of just like, we have done all these things, but what we wanted the most was to be able to take time off and have more vacations and, um, make more money. I mean, like when you say paycheck to paycheck, I mean, there's literally times that we were like looking for change underneath the couch to like put gas in the car which sounds which sounds crazy to even think about because again we were both like professionals with good jobs we took call um and And we weren't extravagant spenders no but i think it was like we didn't really make very much money in florida and um we had a lot of debt at the time we had this mortgage that we took on and i think it was just like we were able to like pay our bills and make, you know, make, make our bills, but we weren't able to get ahead. Like we weren't able to save. We weren't able to like put money towards a vacation. Like we weren't able to get ahead at all. We were just able to get by. I mean, it would get down to a point where Kim was like, I have to get my hair done and we would have to like budget that in. And that's what we did for those two weeks. Cause we just didn't have enough to push ahead. Like you said. And I think the one thing that I differ in telling this story so many times is I had my eyes on starting my own business a long time. Yeah, 100%. And it was always there. And I felt like if I could just buy myself some time to get ahead financially, which then could buy myself some time to go explore and figure out what it is that I wanted to start, like I, I that's what I was going for. That yeah. was my goal. But I didn't know what I wanted to start. Yeah. I just needed time. Yeah. I mean, we would sit outside. I mean, we've said that so, like, told that story so many times where, like, you know, we just kind of felt trapped in this life that we had created. We chose to create this life. And it was like, you know, we were happy and we had a good relationship and we had friends and we had family and like, we had like a quote unquote, good life, good jobs. Everything was like 
okay. It wasn't that there was anything horribly wrong. It was just like this feeling that we both had where we were just like, damn, man, like this can't be it. Like Mm -hmm. it just like, what are we, why are we working so hard for what? Like this is just like bullshit, you know? And, and so we would sit and we would talk and we'd had the, we had this like beautiful back porch and you had your swing and I had my chair and we would have like a cocktail and we would just talk and we would dream and we would say, you know, what are some options? What could we do? How could we do things differently? And, and I think that started like brewing over the, like, the course of a couple of years, really. Mm-hmm. So it was like, we, nothing was really wrong, but we, we had that feeling in our gut of like, there has to be more because the thought of living like this of like, Oh, let me just wait for my year raise or like, you know, you were on track to become manager, director, like, cool. Like, we'll just wait till then. But it still feels like this whole working and then only getting these two weeks off. And Not I, even that. I think, like, one of the biggest uh, moments when we were just like, what the fuck? Like, when we went to Rhode Island. And so we went to Rhode Island. My family has cottages there. So we went up there for, you know, two weeks, I guess. Which we don't even have to pay for a place to stay there. Right. Like, we literally didn't have to pay for anything except, like, our plane flights. We did end up going to New York. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so we go. For a night. <laughs> and we stayed with my friend. Right. Okay. Yeah. Like, this is what, it's crazy. So we come home to Jacksonville, right? We fly in. Our car's parked in the parking area, whatever. And we go to like get our car and we literally had no money to pay the par- the parking. And I, and I don't mean like we didn't, like we had no money in our debit account. We had no savings, no credit cards because our credit cards were maxed out. Like there was no way that we could pull money to like pay however much the parking was. And the guy gave us like this IOU thing that we had to go online or whatever, call. Mm. We had, I had to let him run a copy of my driver's license and then he gave me a piece of paper and then I had to mail a check. That's like humiliating. Yeah. And I think that was one of our lowest moments where we were just like, bro, like... What are we doing? We can't even take two weeks to go to my family's cottages and come home and then like that was our two weeks. So what did that mean? Now we have to get back into the grind. And so I think... Again, we just knew in our hearts, like, that was not the life for us. Like, this constant monotony of the ins and outs of being in a grind and really not having any flexibility. Well, and I think the only thing I'll add to that is me and you also ran the conversation of where are we at right now? We're married. We own our own home. We have good jobs. We have good community. Do we want to start a family? Yeah. And we were both like, no, no, not at all. Like, and I kept saying, like, what do you want to do? And you just kept screaming, like, I want to travel. I want to travel. And I just remember thinking, like, I mean, you even said, I want to quit my job and travel the world for a year. And no, I, I never said that. I, I said. At one point you did. And I remember thinking, like. No, no, no. How are we even going to do that? I said, I, I always said I wanted to, like, take time off and, like, go travel. But I, I remember I said to you. Like, let's quit our jobs and we can go work as, like, a a barista or go work um, at, like, a bar in the islands or something. Like, it was just that feeling of so deeply knowing in my heart, like, I wanted to do something different and this was not going to work for me. Like, I I wasn't meant to be this, like, what are they called? Like, a quahog? (laughs) 
a quahog, but that's, that's what you get clam. out of the clam. Yeah. That's a clam in Rhode Island. Um, a, what are they called? A cog on a wheel? Yes. I wasn't groomed for that, and you weren't either. And so that is what, long story long, that was what our life was like of just in a grind and knowing we wanted more, but not necessarily having any idea how we could make it happen. But I also like look back on like, I am so like, obviously we know like we're like soulmates, right? Like we're on the same page. We want the same things, but like knowing, like even back then we both came together, not knowing exactly how to go about it, but like being able to be like, we were both feeling the same way of like, what can we do? Because, yeah. like, if one person would have been like, no, like, my family's here. I want to start having kids. I want to... That was kind of our path. That was, like, our projected path. Everyone else around us was doing that, and that was the world we grew up in. It's kind of like, that's the normal, right? Like, nobody I knew was living this unconventional life. Totally. And so, if one of us would have wanted that... Well, and I think, too, it's like, you know, thinking about the other factor was... I, it ran through my mind of... I know it's rough now, but we're just getting started and we'll start to plane out here and we have a beautiful home. We have everything we need. We have the American dream ish kind of style. Right. And this is when people just put their heads down and put 20 years in and save up their money. And, but then I was like, well, how are we going to do that? Like, maybe we'll get to save a little bit, but we were putting into 401ks and things like that. So I was like, we'll do that because that's what people do to make money. And then We'll put the 20 years in and we'll figure it out from there and we'll go from there. And then realizing that in the field, you know, especially in interventional radiology, I put in a lot of ports and we deal with a lot of cancer patients. And I just realized like tomorrow's not promised. Like I might not be here in 20 years. So why am I putting all of that into play? And that's my thought process, right? Like putting all my eggs in that basket. Like there's so many people that I put ports into that literally went in for a checkup after they retired to go travel and realize they had a cancer of some sort like that sucks man it's the worst i mean i can count i mean i can't even count it on my hands and feet how many times that's happened and so i realized okay like i'm not gonna do that like i'm gonna try to live for the now and figure it out as i go yeah and so we both agreed to that because again like you said what if one person was like no Right. I mean, it wouldn't have worked. Wouldn't have worked. We would have just been miserable, and it would have been awful. And that's not what we were here to do. Yeah. But I do love that we didn't have any answers, and we both felt good enough to have the conversation to leave it as let's stay open to any possibility. Yeah. And when that possibility comes, we're both aligned and ready to jump on it. Yeah. But we still don't know what that is. Right. Yeah. I love that for us. Okay. I love that we're like, okay, so like we're going to keep this super short for like all of our guests. You have two minutes go. We're like, but we'll talk for at least 30 minutes about ourselves. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, which is what the last thing I'll say is it is very interesting too that like you and I both had that feeling of like wanting more, wanting to see the world, wanting to get out of our small town, wanting to explore the U.S. Just that 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 thirst for newness adventure exploring something something different right to to crack us open in ways that we didn't even know because we both came from like i traveled you know with my with my family like it's not like i grew up in the same place forever like we kind of bounced around a little bit but all in all like we weren't like this big traveling family 
And you weren't either, right? Like you grew up in the same house in the same town. So it's not like we came from families that were like, you know, nomadic. Um, or not even nomadic, but just that like encourage travel and like, we're going to have this family trip and we're going to, I want you to see the world and blah, blah, blah. So it's like the fact that you and I both had that in us of like, we want something else. We want something more for ourselves without actually ever have seen that. Right, but I mean, we both had transformational moments as kids. I mean, the one thing I can remember is getting in the camper and driving from Florida to Niagara Falls and taking an entire summer to do that and realizing, like, even as a kid, how impactful that was. Yeah. And so you had moments like that as well, which kind of started brewing. And then your stepdad was a pilot who used to fly. So it was was brewing. It was just never pushed. Because right. it was always about money, right? Like, right. We never had the money to go do these things. No, I'm just, I'm not talking about the actual going to do it. I'm just saying like the yearning to want to see more when we didn't really. But I will say, I guess looking at it, I grew up in a very unconventional home. Because right. like both of my parents, like didn't have traditional jobs or work at all. Yeah. Um, and right. so, you know, it's like they went, they were like on a, on a whim, wanted to move to Sedona to be closer to one of their spiritual teachers. So we like got in our camper and went, and then like my mom had this like vision of going to St. Augustine. So then we like decided to leave Sedona and like, so I guess like I didn't have a conventional life right. at all. So I, I always knew like there was something different, but anyways, just from like the, the big traveling aspect. Right, right, right. Okay. So I think, like, the next question, how did you find out about traveling? I mean, we've kind of told this in in depth. Yeah. Uh, The short version is... Is there a short version? (laughs) We didn't know about traveling. You know, we've said that so many times that we were both five years into our careers. And um, somebody that... If you want, like, the full story, you can go back and listen because it's kind of long. But somebody at work told me that she and her family were going to go start traveling. And I was like, wait, what are you talking about? You know, it was like, I had never heard about it or anything like that. So she like broke it all down for me. And I was like blown away that this was a thing. But again, she hadn't done it yet. She hadn't started and we didn't know anybody else doing it. So it was kind of like, that sounds cool, but is that real but the one thing she did say is that there was a lot of jobs for ultrasound right and that was like we didn't even know about ir at all but she said there was a bunch of jobs for ultrasound that was enough that you needed right to even start the process right so she told me i came home and you know i i was i found out about it by myself i was alone and so I was driving home and I was like, okay, like I'm going to walk in this door right now. Aaron has no idea what's about to hit him. <laughs> He's like, you're at home, like playing your guitar, like living your best life. Yeah. No idea. I'm about to come in and like blow up your world. And I like, I just came in and I was like, let's go sit outside. I want to bring something up and let's talk about it. Like let's whatever. I have something to tell you. And so I like told you everything that Jen had told me and you were basically like, like, let's do it. Like, why not? What do we have to lose? This is kind of what we've been looking for. It's something different. Like, and then that's when we started to go down the process of looking more into it ourselves. Yeah, totally. But you were like, I was a hell yes. As soon as Jen told me, like it was one of those gut feelings that you just know you're like, as she was talking, my whole body was lighting up and I'm like, this sounds like something I want to do. And then you were like, hell yes. And then 
you know, from there we decided to sell our house and do all the things. Yeah, but, totally. Okay. And I think that gets into the next question too of what interests you about traveling and why did you even consider this lifestyle? And I think the, the biggest thing for me was there's not a lot of opportunities in this world, at least what I had seen in that moment, to literally be able to be like, okay, we attempted this. It's not working. Wow. I just, wow. I just got hit with like a whole thing of like what we were talking about yesterday about how how we did the human design mm-hmm. um, which if you haven't heard about the human design check it out I won't get into a big thing it's but it's, it's actually really cool if you're into that kind of stuff of understanding your makeup and how your you're built purpose. and your soul purpose and all that kind of stuff it's really cool um, but you were saying how you're a fact person and an ex- experimental person yeah right and even thinking about the fact that um, even when we started what we thought was the right way, we did it fully to the max and then realized it wasn't our way of living. The oh, house, yeah, yeah. the jobs, the careers, the family, the settling, the kind of like that mentality. And we got all the way into it and realized this is not for us. And that's the story of even to 10 years down the road. How many things we've attempted to and tried and done and went all in on because our motto is you never know until you go well we even did that then yeah because what i was saying was there's not a lot of times in this world that you can get that far advanced with buying a house and buying furniture and decorating the house and your jobs and all those things and to hit that big red reset button and start over again and start aligning in a way that you see it now from what you've learned from the past. And the minute you said that to me of what traveling could be, that's the first thing. This is the time that we get to hit the reset button and realign our lives down the road for the way that we want to live. And that's what sold me immediately. This is the reset button that I've been waiting to hit. And this gives us a, uh, a net underneath us to be able to do that. Yeah. properly yeah no I 100% instead of agree. quitting and going back to school and being in a financial crisis even more this was like wow we'll make more money we'll get more time and we get to realign sell all of our stuff and kind of start over start over no I I love that because that's true it's like we're very much about yeah one of my things with the human design was I am an experimenter so which is so true for me is like I like to try something always figure out if I like it or don't and move on because that's truly the only way you're going to know. And, and we did try it and we realized it wasn't for us. And so we decided to start over and that was like the clean slate, the fresh start for us to be able to do that. And just the thought of like, you know, when we started to kind of research it more and talk to recruiters, like we realized how much more money we could make. And, um, just the hearing that and the thought of that was like, wow, like we could really like pay off these debts and really get ourselves in a different place, which is something that when we were working full time, we didn't know how we were going to no, do that. There was no way out. It would have taken a long time. Right. And because, you know, again, like we were like pretty frugal or not frugal. Like we weren't like these crazy spenders, but it's like me coming out of college. Like I had a lot of debt, a lot of credit card debt. And then, um, well, we, when we met, we had both bought brand new cars yeah, so we had for the, the first time. 
Right. We had that. So it's like, it just felt like we, we kind of came in with a lot of baggage and then we weren't because of how much money we were making. It was just harder to put a dent in it and keep up with everything. Can I, I mean, this will put a, this will paint a picture. My dream was to literally, my dream at the time, what I thought would be a really cool thing was to go to a sports bar on a Sunday and be able to order wings and beer and watch the game and not worry about my checking account. Oh my God. That was like a, a that, right. that was my vision. Which is so funny because that's exactly all we did on our first assignment because we were living in Atlanta, you know, and we went to sports bars every Sunday and watch football and drink beer and ate wings. And it was so simple. But for us, it was like, we've never been able to do this. Like it felt like such a, a dream come true of like, wow, like even being able to do something like that, like uh, two of our friends back home in Jacksonville, like wanted us to come to a birthday party and to go bowling. And I remember we were like, we don't have the money. Like we can't go. And they like paid for us to go. And it was like, we couldn't even afford to like go bowling. Like it's so crazy to think of that life because it feels so long ago. But I feel like the 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 dollar signs of the traveling is really what kind of sparked the excitement of like we get to do a do over. The dollar signs and the time, because it was way more money than I than we both were making with one contract. Yeah. And that was base. That was not even call. And the facility I was going into at Emory at the time, they did not want their travelers taking call. So that was a base forty hours. Yeah. Making what both of us were making in just one contract. Right. And the other thing I think too is just talking to our recruiter about what jobs are out there. And she's going through like all of these jobs like in California and like all the... Johns Hopkins, Emory. And we're like, oh my gosh. Like even just the thought that we were going to... I always dreamed of going to California. Like... You know, and so the fact that we could have taken a job there and like lived there and that was exciting to me. So I'm like, all these places we get to go and, but we're working and we're making money. It seemed, it almost seemed like it was too good to be true. Very much so. And it, it, it turned out to not be, but in the time we were like, uh, is this like a real life? I don't know. Well, that's what we've also talked about is I called her every day for like two weeks and asked her if, if are you sure this is real? Yeah. Like, can you please remind us this isn't a scam? And it was funny because, yeah, and you you know, you have to remember too, we were quitting our jobs, mm-hmm. right? Like, it was a huge leap in selling our house and everything. It was like, it was a big, big move for us. And so there were so many fears because we couldn't come back, right? Like, No, our jobs were already gone. Yeah, we couldn't. Yeah, there were already people in line waiting for our job. So it was like we could come back, but it would look very different than where we were then. And we were in a good place then. So it was a big leap and we were scared and we were nervous. And, and again, like we knew we were making the right choice because we felt it in our guts. But we were like, damn, like what if it doesn't work out? And so we called our recruiter every day to have her reassure us because – Back then, there weren't any Facebook groups or mentors or teachers, and we didn't know any other traveler. No, what (laughs) was funny was I didn't believe her so much that she had me talk to a guy that had been traveling in IR for like five, six years, and like all he said was, uh, yeah, you can travel, just know that everything's negotiable. 
And I was like, well, I don't know what that means. You right. know, like, what, what does that even mean? He was like, just, that's all you need to know. Everything's negotiable. We were like, what? Like, I don't even understand. Yeah, like, like what does that even mean? Little did I know, like, there's a lot to know. Yeah, ex- well, right. Like, we had no idea at the time, right, that there was so much to know. We were just like, cool, okay, like, we'll take anything because we get to go live in Atlanta. And it was way more money than we were ever used to making with just one person working. So we were happy. Exactly. We were like... Back then, we were like the best travelers because we literally didn't even ask any questions. We no. were just like, great, that's so much money. Like, we love it, you know? <laughs> like, we were just, we didn't even care. We were just happy. And then we learned over time that there were definitely things to learn. Yeah. And so we did. But it's just funny to, like, think back on that now because, you know, to in today's world, at me as a sonographer, I could just get into any of these Facebook groups and be like, hey, like, can I message somebody and just like ask them questions and they'd be like, yeah, like it's awesome. And it's so much easier back then. It was just going off of our gut, you know? Totally. All right. I think, um, these next four are just, we've kind of told them already. How, okay. How long did you want to travel? Okay. So we said that right away. Literally ours was that weekend. (laughs) Yeah. What was it that finally made you take the leap? Just just talked about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how long was it once you finally said, oh, um, well, we can talk about that a little bit about, um, we knew right away that we were going to, we were going to do it. I mean, we literally called. Well, read the question. <laughs> you didn't even read the question. So how long was it once you finally said yeah, yes to jobs. travel that you told your That's job? That's what I was getting to. Okay. So we, so we started talking to the recruiter right away and all of that. And then. The thing with our jobs, it was tricky because, like, well, you you were trickier than me because you were a lead of the department and they were, like, disappointed and it was, like, a whole thing with Well, they you. put a lot of resources into me for the leadership classes that I had taken and I was building, we were turning our IR lab into a hybrid cath lab and I was in the process of building that and going through all of those plans and training the staff they sent me down for cath lab training which you know that's yeah. i'm not working in the lab so there was a lot of resources put into me um to build this for them right and and so we kind of i went about it so like i told the like the girls i was close to at work like i was talking about it with them and i was saying like this is something i'm kind of thinking about and nobody really knew what even traveling was. And I remember there was like a few times that I actually was like, hey, I'll be right back. And I I was standing in front of the hospital, in front of Baptist South, like on the phone with Cindy, our recruiter at the time, and like talking to her about whatever and kind of going back and forth. And then I'd like come back into work. And I remember like I knew I didn't want to tell my manager because again, like this was a more competitive time. Uh, now it's like there's so many needs for jobs and stuff that there's always job openings. But back then it was like more people wanted jobs and there were jobs available. So the person I knew who would be taking my job, right? Everybody was just like chomping at the bit to get a full-time job. And so I didn't want to say anything until like we really knew for sure. But then it's that weird time because it's like you want to tell them to give notice but then you don't know when you're con- when you're actually going to start. So it, that first one's a little bit trickier. No, it is. It's a tricky dance. And on top of that, me being the lead, like I had to not only tell them, but allow enough time for them to find a lead replacement mm-hmm. and then brief them on everything that I've been doing and building this new department. So how long did you actually end up giving them? 
I gave them a four week notice. Four weeks, okay. And then, which really, I, I wish I wouldn't have done, um, because I was like dead man walking uh, throughout the department, and so like it was a very weird time, like of you know people coming to me and like trying you know trying to put in their person for lead, and it was just a weird thing because I wasn't no I was no longer attached to that facility. Yeah. So it was kind of like a bizarre thing. I even did that at Stanford too, and I did that in six months. A six month. Uh, six what do you call? Week? Six months. I told them in February that I would be leaving in June, so four months, which was like a long time for a notice. Yeah. Um, but I, you know. Yeah, I think like it. It can get a little bit awkward. It really wasn't awkward for me at all. Like once I told them, like. Everybody was just like, go do you. Like, and again, like traveling wasn't that big of a thing, at least in our communities where people like knew a lot about it or whatever. So it was kind of like, okay, like, are you sure you want to do this? And then after I was like, yeah, we really do. I feel like I got a lot of support and people were fine. And, and you had a little bit of a different experience just because like, you know, they were, they were just like had big expectations for you. Nobody had that for me, so they were like, "You're fine, just go." We yeah. like get out, of here. get out of here. You like, you know, they want they were trying to groom you in a certain way, and but I think at the end of the day, it comes down to it. Really, doesn't matter. Like, doesn't matter if it's a little bit awkward. It doesn't right. like you know that is what we had to do. And at the time, people didn't really get it, but like it didn't matter if they didn't get it because we were like, we're gonna freaking do it. Well, I mean, to, to really put out some good, I guess, tips out there is one of the things is we kind of took it as a sign, right? Like, we'll put our house on the market, and if somebody bites, well, then that's a good sign, right? And then we'll just take it step by step. So it, it takes a while to close on a house. So we could sell our house and close on it and still be working and still be in enough two-week notice to, you know, to get out and go travel, and so with traveling too, um, I took the interview and had the job before I gave my notice. Mm. Because I didn't want to give my notice until I knew we had the job and just pushed my start date till after Labor Day. Oh yeah, because they were, they were like willing to wait. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's a, there's a lot of moving parts. Obviously, there's a lot more moving parts when you're taking that first contract, totally. right? Because you're trying to you know, realign your life. Again, we were selling a home and going through that and leaving our jobs and trying to figure out traveling and all of the things that go with us and dealing with our families. And like, there were so many moving pieces. And then like, once you get into the flow, obviously it gets so much easier, but it's like, there were so many decisions to make. Um, but it all felt it exciting at that time. It was so exciting. Mm -hmm. It was so, so, so exciting. Oh, oh, I will say, never mind. Okay. Um, dun, dun, dun. How did you prep to go? And did you sell your stuff? Or did yeah, you have a house? We sold everything. Kind of, sort of. We sold... Like, it, we were just talking about this because, you know, we owned a home in Jacksonville. The home was basically given to us. Like, I mean, we still had to pay the mortgage. But as far as, like, Aaron's best friend sold him the house for, like, what he owed. Right? So they yeah. didn't make a profit. It was... You know, so we got the house for what, like 180000 Less than that. Okay. 
beautiful home near the beach like great location in jacksonville we loved that house like it was awesome and literally next door to unf yeah and so we you know back then like airbnb wasn't a big thing and so we were like we don't want to hold on to this house we want to be completely free untethered i don't want renters in here that are college kids all of that so we decided to sell it and we were just talking about this because we're like damn like that neighborhood that house now is like worth like half a million dollars almost, like almost more we would be sitting on a gold mine yeah, if we would totally. have kept that and house. by the way you said airbnb wasn't a big thing it wasn't a thing it wasn't it had not been yeah, I, was gonna say, I didn't i've never i never heard of it but i i don't remember like when it actually came about we left in 2012 like right. they weren't really rolling wasn't until it? 15 yeah yeah, so, like, that wasn't even an option, but damn, like, obviously we made the best decision we could at the time, but I wish we would have kept that freaking house. I know, but Florida, hurricanes, and all that Whatever. kind of stuff, renters, I, I know, we would have figured it out. We could have got a management company. Yeah. But again, we were but, coming from such a financial crisis that we had to borrow money to even leave and to borrow money to fix the house. To, well, we well, wouldn't have had to do that, though. Right. What was funny is that we actually thought by selling the house, we were going to make a profit. Yeah. We were so clueless back then. And not only did we not make a profit, uh, but we, because it was like a bad market. And, but we had to cash in our 401ks to put money into the house for like inspection, whatever, to fix the stuff that had to be fixed. To actually sell the house. And we were, we were like, oh, we'll like make a profit and like make money. And we were like, not even a little bit. No. Nope. We thought funny. that would have been our seed money to, to go travel. Yeah, that yeah. didn't happen. But yeah, we sold everything else. And it that does go to show you, though, that, you know, you don't need a whole bunch of money to go travel. If, if you want it bad enough, you can figure it out. Everything is figure outable. Totally. I remember, like, when we talk about the feeling, right? How did it feel like when you actually, like, we're, we're doing the damn thing. And I remember the our last morning in our house and all mm. everything was gone because we sold, like the person who bought the house wanted a lot of our furniture, which kind of worked out because we didn't have to figure it out. But also like that was nice stuff and we just like threw it in. We were kind of desperate. We should have charged for it. Yeah, totally. Like what? Oh my God. I could shake young Kim and Aaron, but we were just like, we just wanted out. We wanted out and we wanted it to be the easiest thing possible. Reset button. Yeah. Anyway, so all the furniture was gone. We took like, you know, family took some stuff and then we put some stuff in storage. We got rid of most of it and then like cars were packed, whatever. Like we were going and I don't know if you remember this, but it was like our last morning in the house and we got up and watched the sunrise. We went down to the beach. You're right. We went down three hours early. We were literally on the beach and we kept being like, any minute now. I miss I misread <laughs> the sunrise. And then we ended up going down to the beach, sitting on the sun. There was like people passed out like yeah, in the sand. Yeah. And then we were like, wow, we're here a little early. And then we had enough time to drive all the way like back to our house to Dunkin' Donuts get a bagel and some coffee and drive back and still we're sitting yeah. there with like an hour to go before sunrise it was just so funny because like we were just sitting there and it was pitch black and like we just kept waiting for it we're like okay i think it's getting lighter and like it was just nothing and we were it was so funny and so we just sat there for hours we watched the sunrise it was like the most beautiful sunrise remember there was like that boat out there yep, and like i got the boat. the picture with yeah the seagulls 
Yeah. Well, I just think it was crazy, too, like, actually thinking how big of a moment that was to get that sunrise when we left on the East Coast, and then remembering the euphoria of being like, wow, we're watching a sunset on in California. Yeah, like the first time yeah. that we got to do that. It was yeah. like such a full circle moment. Yeah. But I was saying like we were sleeping on an air mattress. Everything was gone. And like I just remember like being in our bedroom. We had painted our walls like maroon. That we were so tacky. Ugh. It was like into this Moroccan theme with like gold and maroons and, and very western pictures on the, on the wall hey that was from our honeymoon i love those pictures oh we still have them you look hot well thanks you did too actually yeah Miss like Can we, Can girl. yeah we looked Which amazing Can Can the other day like Can in the house dance. don't you remember when you tried to do your can-can dance do you not remember that no what are you talking about when you came out in the wall and you just put your leg out <laughs> yeah. and you were like do you not get it and oh, i'm yeah. like no, I don't. Like, just you putting your leg out? Like, I don't get it. Yeah, I was doing a little ditty for you. <laughs> okay. No, those pictures were amazing. And, yeah, I just remember being in there and being like, wow, like, we're really leaving. And we, like, you know, took the air out of the mattress and went, like, put it in the car. And, like, we left. And it was like, wow, like, we're not coming back. It, it was, it was this moment of feeling really excited. But also, like, wow, like we're doing this like yeah. there's no ripcord there's no turnaround and just kidding like yeah. this isn't our home anymore like we don't have jobs anymore like what the fuck yeah well i think that's also led to a little bit of the excitement because you know getting back into some of the questions the one thing we also did know is that we didn't want to live in jacksonville for the rest of our lives oh 100 and so we wanted to get out there and explore to maybe see what city or town we would call home in the future. Yeah. Because we just had no clue. Right. But we knew I, it wasn't Florida. We knew it wasn't Florida. And, you know, I remember, like, cause I was so close with my sister. And I remember, like, we spent the night at their house, I think. Yeah. And, like, my dad was living with them at the time. And, like, the next day we were, like, leaving, leaving. We were going to Tallahassee. And I remember, like, pulling out of the driveway. And they were all in the yard. Like, Waving. I just had one niece at the time. And, like... They were all, like, waving. My sister's crying. And it was kind of, like, I don't know. It was, like, so emotional. It was, like, you were so excited for the adventure. But I'm, like, wow. Like, we're leaving. And it's just, like... And it was also kind of cool because, like, we were just going to Atlanta. So, it felt like we were just getting yeah. our feet wet. I mean, Your we were, sister was coming up the next She's, like, weekend. I'll see you next weekend. It's fine. Yeah. So, that was actually a nice way to ease into it because we could come back and forth. So, we weren't, like, going all the way to California. But... It was a bittersweet because I think there's so much excitement wrapped around like starting this new adventure, but then it's also like, wow, like you're leaving your your home, your normal, your friends, your family, like everything you it's know. A, everything you know. Your comforts. And luckily, I had you. I had Mimi. Yeah. And like we all had each other. And we're like, okay, we got this. We're gonna navigate this together. But um, oh, we had young Mimi. Mimi was like two. Oh. But yeah, it's just, I don't know. I think there's a lot of emotions that go into that that totally. day when you finally like leave, you know? Totally. Um, so we said our first contract was Atlanta. And then how was it being the new kid? I, I can actually speak to this because we talked about it. That was a culture shock for me. I just remember, I've told this before on the podcast, but I'll never forget, it was around my last week. Um, 
some of the radiologists when when the main radiologist I worked with was off uh, they would circulate the group and one of the rads came in and, and she was working with me and she was like so you're going to be a traveler huh and I said yeah and she said you're going to learn what real IR departments are because you're not a real IR tech and I was like wait what <laughs> like I had no clue what she was talking about and boy did I figure that out at Emory but the benefit to that was I was I scrubbed cases and in, in beaches and I knew the basics, the, the everyday cases. And because of that, the techs at Emory didn't scrub at that time. So I was well advanced. So the only thing I had to do was learn how to set up the big cases, which is a piece of cake. But then I got to experience them. And so it was a shock to see what these IR departments do because at the time, like we were running FDA trials being at Emory and like, certain people had to be in the room at certain times for things for the trials to work and i remember thinking like what are we doing like i didn't know we were this advanced like mm -hmm. in the department and so it was a big culture shock and seeing you know emory had like four rooms or five rooms at the time and neuro department and all those things that i had never seen before so it was big it was like wow like i didn't realize that ir had such big fingers you right. know that could extend like this well and i think like Obviously, with the, you know, procedures and just, like, a completely different environment with, like, what you're actually, you know, like, exams and stuff you're doing, right? Like, but then also just coming from a place where, you know, we had worked at the same place forever. And so everyone knows you. You know everybody. Like, you know, you walk in and it's so familiar. It's like you know what to expect. You have your friends. Like, you just, you're so comfortable, right? Like... And then you go into a new place as a new kid and you're like, not only do you not know exactly what to expect as far as workflow, but you know, the people and it's just like, whoa, this is weird. Yeah, you know, bizarre. especially when you've been at the same place for so long, you're just like, wow, this is weird. But it's just like anything else, you know, like it's kind of fun because you are new and nobody knows you and you get to just like talk and make new friends and um, you know, just work on things you want to work yeah. on personally. Just like, I want to be more, maybe more quiet or more outgoing, or maybe I don't want to share as much, or maybe I want to get into something or learn something new. Like you get to start over yeah, and really like fine tune your inner self. Yeah. A hundred percent. But it's a, it's an interesting feeling, you know? I was, well, I mean, you went to a small facility on your first one. So, I love my first yeah. one because I worked with like the best people and it was a small facility. We were so slow and I basically did nothing, which, you know, coming from uh, where I worked full time, like we were a busy department, you know, and so it was like constant and yeah. that's what I was used to. And so going on my first travel assignment, which mine was in Wisconsin, being in a tiny hospital like that and like really they only did ERs and inpatients they didn't know outpatients or anything so we weren't busy at all and I'm like this is weird but I absolutely love it like this travel thing is amazing and uh, it was just like I've never Oops. ever worked at a place like that again yeah. but it was it was so amazing yeah you did <laughs> you worked in uh that hospital that closed that, in Sebastopol yeah. I was so busy there though were you like, I just remember that your on call was like they would call you and ask you if you wanted to come in or no, not. No, okay. That place was, I was like kind of busy during the day because I was the only sonographer, so I had outpatient scheduled. It wasn't like I was that crazy, it but was I was a the, 14 bed hospital. 
I know, but I had a full outpatient schedule. Oh. So, like, that's where you can get busy when you have full outpatient schedule plus your inpatients and ERs, whatever. So, I was pretty steady with my outpatients. Like, but then I would have, but I was the only one there. So, if I did have downtime, that's when I was, like, reading the wine Bible <laughs> and, like, you know, and I, and I just, I like doing my own thing, which is you nice. You brought Mimi to work. And you oh put my her god! In the I bathroom. put her in a box. No, I, I, not in, in our tech room. Like I, I put her in our tech room. Well, I don't remember why I had to bring her to work, but I had to bring her for something. You had to get out of the room or something. Something. Because you were in an extended stay, and so I think they were changing rooms, and you were on joint. Oh, I was coming home, and so I just brought her. You were yeah, on joint coming, custody. Yeah, I was coming back home that night to Palo Alto, so I was like bringing her with me. Well, the radiologist but, brought his dogs in. Yeah, it was like nobody cared. It was such yeah. a chill facility. I loved it there, but I wasn't. I was pretty busy. But the call was I had to pick. I could pick a couple of hours. So you had to pick a four hour window anytime you want. So I literally could pick 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. This is the hours I'm on call. And then anything after 10 a.m. they can call you and ask you, but you don't have to go in. (laughs) So I would literally do that. Like Aaron would come up on the weekends and when I was on call and we would stay at my extended stay. Well, I was working at Stanford Children's at the time. So we were two hours apart. Right. And so you would come up and I would pick my call hours from like 6 a.m., which, you know, was nobody's, calling nobody's me coming in. in or nobody's. Yeah. Till 10. And then at 10, I was clear. So I'd be like, let's go for a hike. Let's go to the wineries. Let's like we would just go and have these adventures. And if they call me, I'm like, sorry, I can't come in, you know, like which is crazy to think about. Right. That hospital amazing. no longer exists. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because the only time I really got called in was on Christmas for a carotid, which carotids are not urgent nor stat. Right. So that was the irony of that. Yep. That's it, people. Actually, I wanted to uh, ask you this because I like this question. What's been your biggest challenge with traveling? My biggest challenge? Honestly... Lately, because I think it's like depends on where you're at, right? Like, but I think lately it's just been, I don't know. I have to think about it. Okay. Well, I have it. Go ahead. So number one is housing. Uh, That's kind of what I was going to say. Number one, that's been the biggest challenge from contract to contract. Yeah. Uh, Number two, for me, I've realized now that I have a rap sheet of a huge, I mean, my resume is insane with the amount of facilities I've been to and the experience that I have and that nobody gives a flying shit about your experience. It's like, can you do the job? Yeah, you have enough experience to do this job. But when you get in there, like things are the same cases are done so many different ways. And the doctors use products that they were trained on. So it might not even be the same like style or flow that you're used to. And so it's like relearning every single time, which in a way makes it easier. But I've noticed like that's been my biggest challenge of like, it's not about going into a facility and being like, oh, I, I got this. Like it's always one to two weeks and that's gotten shorter and shorter as I've carried on but like the systems and how they do things and like just relearning constantly and just realizing that nothing builds upon itself and nowhere does things the same Mm -hmm. i've even said i just want one facility that does things like the last facility just give me like three things that you do similarly yeah 
Yeah, I agree with all of that. And I think just to piggyback the transitional period, I think has been the most challenging lately is like what I used to love about getting to where you're going and the road trips and the hotels and the, you know, getting settled in and getting into your new house and exploring. While I still love all of that, it, it can be challenging because it's like a lot of and okay, I guess I can't. I guess that's not fair to say because I'm really just talking about this specific time. Well, right. And we were also coming off four months that's of being outside the country. It's so been four months. The last thing you want to do is stay in another hotel. Yeah, that's true. So I guess that's not fair to say because I usually don't feel this way. But now I'm just like, geez, like it was so expensive and so much time, and we're still waiting for your start date. It's just like, anyway, yeah, that's the yeah, okay. So that's been the biggest challenge, but that's not fair to say for every time. Right. All right, moving on. Like, let's wrap this up because this has been going on well, for a long time. Favorite travel experience so far is the last question. Um, go ahead. I think my favorite travel experience is not having to, anything to do with contracts. It has to do with the amount of freedom that we had to take off. Yeah. And what that's opened up and the financial freedom that we've been able to achieve due to traveling being so... Um, what's the word uh, focused on like what we want to accomplish and when you're that what's the damn word um, not focused but Blinded. like no like direct like calcu- not calculated like manipulative you, no not in a bad way of just like really um, knowing what you want and going for it right like being very calculated when it comes down to like every decision is to reach this point, right? Whether it be pay off debts or experience something or take a lot of time off at the end of this contract. Like, because we've been so focused on all those steps, we've been able to achieve a lot. And that has all, everything we've achieved 10 years of traveling is because of healthcare traveling. Uh, Yeah. And we would have never been able to do that if we wouldn't have taken that leap back in 2012. Right, yeah. Nothing that we've done. 100%. 100%. Like, even just talking about how we were before we started traveling, crazy to think about, right? Like, 10 years later, you know, all the countries we've gone to, all the time we've taken off, like, the debts we've paid off, the money we've been able to save, the businesses that we've started, like, all of that, like, sitting on our couch back in Florida 10 years ago when we were scraping change to try to get gas to go to work, like, which isn't even exaggerative. No. Um, all of the things that like, we've been able to really put ourselves in this position and truly create a life like on our terms that we want to live, right? Like is all because of healthcare traveling. We would not be where we're at be- without it, right. which is really pretty cool. It is. Very, very grateful for this lifestyle and this opportunity and all the things that it's brought into our life. And I'm just so glad that you know, we were both on the same page when I was like, hey, do you want to do this crazy thing? And you're like, hell yeah. And we just freaking went for it. And yeah, it truly has changed our life. It's super powerful sitting here talking about this now, knowing that today is the 10-year anniversary to when we started. God. Like 10 years, a decade. That's so crazy. And still going. <laughs> and still going. Hoping my start date's next week. Oh my God. Anyway. All right. Well, that's it for now. (laughs) Okay. If you 
If you want to come hang out with us, follow us at Kim and Aaron G. And um, we'll be back next week, y'all. <laughs> wow. I was going to say, if you know a traveler out there that has a really cool story, um, definitely message us. Let us know. Um, and we would love to be highlighting that story. Um, yeah. As many stories of this community as we can bring onto this podcast, we're excited to have those conversations. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, with that, map your own path, always stay trapped with us, and we will see you next